Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today's sermon is entitled Faith by guest speaker Bishop Steve Finder from Living Way Church in San Antonio, Texas. Let's look at the word of the Lord for just a moment if we could. I want to talk to you. I I got a lot of things. About 75% of the time I talk about faith. But I can talk to you about a lot of things. I've been talking a lot about tithing. Can we talk about that? I can can show you where every problem in your life is caused if you're a non-tither by not tithing. I can explain to you why people that don't tithe hate people that do tithe. There's all, all kinds of things I can talk about. But I'm not going to talk about none of that today. I'm going to talk about faith if you will allow me to do that. This is Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Matthew nine twenty nine. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Faith is the most wonderful thing in the world. You know, I've been, uh, I've been experiencing faith, talking about faith uh, for as many years as I can remember. But I'm more excited about it now than I've ever been because it's just, it's so miraculous. It's so miraculous. And, and it causes such great things to happen. I was in Chattanooga, and, and uh, a guy sitting next to me, his name is Timothy Moore. Uh, I don't remember which one it was, but in the 60s, Timothy Moore was a lead singer, African-American guy. He was a, uh, a lead singer for a rock group, a big rock group. I forgot which one it was. I never was much of a rock group follower, but, but uh, now he pastors a church in Baltimore, and I've preached there in his church. He's preached in mine. He's just an awesome musician and singer, and a great, but he's having a little financial need in his, in his service in his life, and, and so they were taking an offering, and he said, Pastor Steve, you think I ought to give? I said, yes, sir, you should. He said, how much? I said, give $1,000. Can you give $1,000 to me? Just, give, you know, private. Can you give $1,000? He said, man, that's about all I got. I said, I'll give it. Just give it. He, next morning, he grabbed me. He said, Pastor Steve, you know what happened? I said, what happened? He said, a lady from my church called me. She said, Pastor Moore, when are you going to be home? He said, Saturday morning. She said, don't go home. said, meet me at the bank. Meet me at the bank. said, why? She said, I just got a check for $3 million. And she said, Pastor Moore, I want to give you $300,000 before you ever go home. He said, I'm so thankful I gave that $1,000. You said, well, that that had nothing to do with it. But he's the guy that got the $300,000, and he thinks it did. That's the most important thing. And so faith is an amazing thing. It will release anything in your life that is good. When you begin to believe. And so Jesus asked the question. He said, do you believe that I am able? That's where it all starts. Do you believe that God is able? You see, I've had all kinds of wonderful people in my life that want to bless me. But their problem is they are not able. They don't have the wherewithal to do it. Pastor Steve, I had a million dollars, I'd do this. But they don't have enough to buy hamburger. And so consequently, they're not able. But the Lord is not only able, the Lord is willing. The Lord is on your side. Don't ever sit under a pastor that tells you that God's against you or you just get that, after a while you get that by osmosis, you just get that message that the Lord is against me. Find you a pastor, a church that will emphasize and help you understand the Lord is always on your side. God's 
always for you. He's never, ever against you. Faith is, is heaven's currency. You can't do much business in this world without money. But in heaven, it's not about money. It's about faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everybody in this building wants to please, please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the foundation. It's the foundation of which everything is built on. And so faith is very, very important. It's a very telling fact that this amazing statement that Jesus would make and say, according to your faith, be it unto you, that was concerning the opening of blind eyes, because this is really a revelation. It's an understanding. When you realize that everything in your life is according to your faith, your life will change. You can blame it on people, but it's not people. You can blame it on circumstance, but it's not circumstance. It's a matter of your faith and your degree of faith. Did you ever wonder why there are so few great people of faith in the world? Because there's not a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of people that have some faith, but I'm talking about people that are just amazing. They literally affect the world because they have such insurmountable, unconquerable faith. It never, ever stops. Did you ever wonder why there are so few of those? Well, it could be because there's a common misconception concerning faith. And I'll tell you what that is. And that is that people think faith can be stored up. But if you read the story about the manna, the, the precedent is set there that they had to gather it every day. We like to rejoice and say, you know, the Lord's mercy is new every morning. Well, let me tell you about something. Faith is the very same thing. You're not going to operate today on yesterday's faith. You have to have faith for today. Faith for today. That's the reason why it's so important that you develop good daily habits. You know, the key word of the book of Acts is not prayer, it's not joy, it's not power. The key word of the book of Acts is daily. Most people I know are taken out of the race by daily. They just can't do it every day. They can have great moments. That's what makes great pastors is the daily. That's one of the things the Lord has helped me to do. I have literally fallen in love with the routine. If you ever fall in love with the routine that God gives you, you become a daily person. And if you become a daily person, you become a powerful person. How many people do I pastor that are great momentarily? But my church has a few hundred people that are daily people. I mean, every day of their life... They're just exactly the same. I can count on it. They're going to be there when the doors are open. When we need somebody to work, they'll be there. When we need somebody to pray, they will be there. They are daily people. And so the key to faith and to becoming a great man and woman of faith is if you can get daily faith. It is so important to become daily that when Jesus prayed to the Father, what did he say? Give me this day my daily bread. It has to be a daily thing. That is the key word of the book of Acts. And when they tried to gather up manna and hold it over, what happened? The Bible said it bred worms and stank. That's exactly the word that he uses. They couldn't accumulate it and hold it over. And so what we're talking about is the shelf life of faith. Some people, you know, they just keep things along. You know, I have a few ranches around, and, and, and I can live on soup, any kind of soup. I like gumbo. I like chili. I even like Campbell's soup. And so, I, you know, time has a way of slipping by. And so I put some Campbell's soup out in one of my ranches. And, uh, you know, just in case I'm out there and I get hungry, I've always got, I have a real estate lady that came through my house, and I never saw a guy that's got so many beds, so many clothes, and so much food in so many different places. But wherever I am, I, I, I need it right then. 
And so I had these canned goods on there. And I went in one day and I got me a can of that Campbell's soup. And I don't know what the shelf life of Campbell's soup is supposed to be. But when I opened it up, folks, there was something in there that was alive. I don't know what. And I looked, I looked at that, and that Campbell's soup was several years old. I didn't real much realize that that much time had elapsed. And I know you've got faith, but what you need to do is you need to check your shelf life of faith and see exactly whether it's current faith or not. Praise God. Because God wants us to have not only fresh mercy every day, he wants us to have fresh faith. So let me give you a few steps real quickly on how you keep your faith fresh and how you keep it daily. The Bible teaches us that they gather the manner when daily. And you need to gather your faith daily. We say, well, how in the world do you gather faith? The Bible said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing with the word of God. That means that every day of your life, you need to have a new interjection of the word of God to keep your faith fresh. You know, that's the reason why you need to come to the house of God every time they offer something here, every Wednesday, every Sunday, and any kind of special service that they have. Why? It'll keep your faith fresh. But you know what? That's not enough. You need to become a lover of the Word of God. You need to learn that this Bible is not a Bible of, of judgment and condemnation. That's for a whole different group of people. To we which are saved and believe, it's a catalog. It's a book of promises. It is exceeding great promises. And you need to find out where those passages are. Because the Bible said in Mark chapter 4 that the sower soweth the word. And it said what happens is uh, that Satan comes immediately to steal that word. You've got to have a fresh impartation of the Word of God in your life every day. I believe in the Word of God. I ingest the Word of God. I, li- I exalt the Word of God. I magnify the Word of God. I believe the Word of God. I believe He's exalted His Word above His name. And I don't care what somebody says. It's what God says. God always has the last word. And so I look at the Word of God every day. You know why? Because I want my, fresh to, I want my faith to be fresh and I want it to be daily. And I do that by getting gathering it daily, and I do that by the power of God. The second thing you need to do is build your faith every day. The Bible said in Jude chapter 1 verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You'll never be real successful in your prayer life until it becomes less of a duty and more of a joy, until where you actually enjoy it. There are some people that you just enjoy talking to, and you know who those people are? They are the people that bring blessing to your life. You enjoy conversation with them. That's all prayer is, is just conversation with God. So it's not really intent on posture. So many people think you've got to be on your knees and your hands folded, and you've got to be at an altar to pray, but that's not really true. The apostle Paul said, I pray without ceasing. How can you be praying without ceasing when you're a tent maker? That means when you're running the needle and bringing the thread, you found a way to talk to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you that God will accept your prayer when you're driving your car or when you're standing at your sink or whatever you're doing, sitting at your desk. What are you doing? I'm keeping my faith fresh. I'm building up my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And you know, you need to learn how to pray. Prayers can be just as poison as they are powerful. When I first went to San Antonio to start a church in 1975, the worst thing that could possibly happen happened to me. 
Five disgruntled Pentecostal families decided they want to come to my church and bless their hearts. It was absolutely a trick of the devil. I'd call a prayer meeting. I'd feel be feeling pretty good. I'd call a prayer meeting. And I'd be there first praying. And I'd hear them come in. And then you could hear them begin to pray. And their prayers would be, God help this sinful city. Nobody wants the truth here. Nobody believes the word of everything out of their mouth was a prayer. That's really, every prayer out of their mouth was really a, a, a negative prayer. It was a negative petition. That's really not prayer. That's really a self-defeating experience that you're going through. You need to learn to pray the Word of God. You need to learn to pray in faith, building up yourself in your most holy faith. Listen to yourself pray. You, because, see, your prayer will never change God because God's already willing. God's already able. God already loves you. God already wants to do the right thing. Your prayer will change you. But if you don't pray the right way, it will not change you in the right way. Learn to pray. God, I know that you hear me. And I know it is your will to bless me. I know it is your will for me to be healed. I know it is your will for me to prosper. I know it's your will for my family to be saved. You learn to pray in a positive way. You know what it does? It makes your faith fresh. And you begin to say, oh, God, God, I I believe that you can do it. I believe that you're an ever-present help. Somebody said, oh, there's a brass heaven. I've never met that brass heaven. My God hears me every time I pray. And so when I build up my faith, uh, I do it by just praying to the Lord. The third thing is you need to learn to exercise your faith. It is the principle of exercise that applies to faith. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people in this world that can lift unbelievably amounts of weight. It's just amazing how strong they are. But they didn't just walk up one day and say, I'm going to lift all of this weight, hundreds of pounds. They began doing that and exercising and working and working and working and working on that to get to where they are. That same principle applies to your faith. And so many people don't do that. If you get ready to pray to God to a cancer, that is a mighty big weight. And it's very difficult for you to lift the weight of cancer if you've not prayed about the small things in your life. You know, Becky trained my boys. I have two boys, and there's two boys. Well, they're 31 and 34, I think, have never given us a problem, never given us a problem. And I don't attribute that to me. I attribute that to their mother. She spent so much time to them, with them. They live, we lived in San Antonio, and they went to school. They went all their school year to San Marcos. That meant every day she drove them to San Marcos because we liked the little Christian school there, and then she'd go pick them up. And so she would drive up and back, up and back. And that means that she spent about three or four hours just in the car with them every day. And she would talk to them and talk to them. It literally saved those boys' lives. It saved their spirit. But one of the things she taught them in prayer, Becky is a woman of prayer. Her mother was a woman of prayer. Colleen Varnado was her mother. She was a tremendous woman of prayer. And, and so Becky is a woman of prayer. She's a woman of tremendous faith. But one of the things she would do, she'd say, now, boys, we're getting ready to go to McDonald's. Let's start praying that there'll be a parking place close. And she said, invariably, there'd be a parking place close. And she said, I just worked on those things that were so small in those boys' lives. You need to take everything to the Lord, exercise your faith, begin to confess it very small things, so that when the devil, he's, the devil doesn't come in first like a flood. He comes in first like a dripping faucet. If you can't handle the dripping 
and faucet, you won't be able to handle the flood. But praise God, if you'll get your faith built every day by small things, by small things. God takes care of the small things. I was with, I was with a man yesterday. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Doing, he's pastors in New Jersey. And he's also the chaplain for the Mets. And I got to go up there. He wants me to come up here to the Mets. I don't want to go to the Mets, but I just, it's just fun to go to any kind of a ball stadium like that. He wants me to preach for him and go up, and I will. But anyway, he, he we was just talking about baseball. He's just talking about baseball. You know, and he just eaten up and consumed with baseball. And I told a little story uh, while I was preaching about baseball. About, uh, I, I think I told here about, I, I thought I was some kind of a stud in baseball when I was in Little League because I never lost a game pitching. Never lost a game when I was pitching in baseball. And then we were in one of those churches where they, they taught you that you couldn't play sports. And so when I was about 13 years of age, the pastor came out to the house and told my daddy, said, Steve can't play baseball anymore. We're going to throw you out the church and so I had to quit playing baseball and I never lost a game playing little league and so man I, in my mind I thought I was awesome I thought I was just a major baseball player when I was about 21 years of age I went over to Houston and went to the theme park and they had a deal there where you could throw the baseball and they had a, had a radar gun and I said to myself you know I haven't played since I was in the little league but I'm sure I can probably throw about probably 85 to 91, 92, right in there, I think is about where I'll be. So I gather some people from, from that are with me around. I want them to see me pitch. And so I rear back and I got at everything. And there was something wrong with that radar because it said 42. Now, you know that ain't right. You know that ain't right. But I was talking about baseball. And, uh, and so I told that little story. But I was talking about how small God is. You know, everybody wants to know how big. You don't need God to be big. You need him to be small. You know, God is so small that he can ride in my car with me. God is so small that he can sit in my office with me. God is so small that he can get in my brain. It's not very big. He is so small that he can ride in my veins. I think I shared this with you, but my daddy died about 10 or 12 years ago. He was a major baseball fan. And I quit following baseball a long, long time ago. And so I never read the standings on baseball, never. I got up, my daddy was in a coma. He was in a coma three days before he died. And so I got up and I haven't done this before nor since. I haven't done it in probably 25 or 30 years. But something said, go to the paper and look at the baseball standings. Daddy was a major Cardinal fan from Southern Illinois. Everybody in Southern Illinois was a major Cardinal fan. Few people were stupid and believed in the Cubs, but about everybody was a Cardinal fan in Southern Illinois. <laughs> so my daddy was a major Cardinal fan. He's in a coma. He's a wonderful Holy Ghost filled man. He's laying there for three days, hasn't spoken a word. And so I look in the paper and the Cardinals are three games out in front. And it's the first time I've looked at it and checked it in 30 years. Why I did it, there was no reason for me to do that. I'm sitting by my daddy's bed waiting for the final moments. Daddy comes out of his coma. He looked over at me. He always called me Bud. He said, hey, Bud, how's the Cardinals doing? I said, Daddy, they're three games out in front. He closed his eyes and went to heaven. What's the point? Here is the point, my friend, that my God is so small that he knew that my daddy was going to come out of his coma and he was going to, what if I'd had to say, daddy, I don't know. He would have probably said, you are a sorry son if you don't know how the Cardinals are doing. But daddy went to heaven thinking I was great because I was keeping up with the Cardinals. 
Oh, what are you talking about? I am talking about the principle of exercise in your faith. There is nothing too small for you not to believe God for. You need to believe God when you go into interview for that job. You need to believe God when you go for your doctor's appointment or when you go to the tennis. You need to believe God when you put your little child in school for their first day. It might not be a big thing, but it will exercise your faith because there's going to be a time in your life when you're going to need a mighty major miracle and it will not be strange to you. Your faith will be fresh and your faith will be new. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Number four, you need to learn to stir up your faith. The Bible said, when I called to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it is in thee also. He said, stir up your faith. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Stir up your faith. I want a church that stirs my faith. When I come into the house of God, I want people to be excited about it. I want them to be praising God. I want them to be worshiping God. He said that faith that was first in your grandmother Lois, he said, I believe it's in you, but you need to stir up that faith that is within you. I was somewhere the other day and I heard a young preacher preaching and he said, this ain't your grandmother's church. And then he put all of our grandmother's churches down. But I got to thinking about that. You know, I'm not really in love with the method. I'm only in love with the message. I don't care how you dress. I like to wear suits. If you want to wear a T-shirt and blue jeans, I don't care. That's the method. If you want to sit on a stool, I'm going to stand up. Because the devil tried to keep me from standing, and so I like to stand. Praise God. I like to stand. I don't care about the method, but the method can never become the message. The method can never become the message. I was raised in church where they taught me not what I could wear and what I couldn't wear. They taught me everything. They never talked much about the internal man, but it was all about the external man. And when I got out of that, then I went to church and they started telling me again what I had to do. You got to wear a t-shirt. I don't want to wear a t-shirt. You look stupid wearing a T-shirt when you're preaching, but if you want to do that, I don't care. I want to wear a suit. You say you can't. Yes, I can. I can wear anything I want to wear, and you can wear anything you want to wear because we don't care about the method. We only care about the message, the message. And the only time you have a problem is when you let the method become the message because the method is never the message. The message is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that He is altogether lovely, that He has all kinds of power. Praise God. And so don't worry about the method. It's the message of Jesus Christ. And so, folks, if you come to my church... We're modernizing everything. We had not been there yet, Brother Johnson. We've taken all of our choir down. That's all totally different. All of those plants, we had tens of thousands of dollars worth of plants. And I love those plants. But some of the young, my, my son, which is pastor now, he said, Dad, this is so old looking. He said, we got to change this thing. I said, but I like it, son. I like those plants. We spent thousands. He said, it's old fashioned. I said, what do you want to do? He said, we got to put lights everywhere. And I said, I don't want to make this a club Jesus. But he said, I do. (laughs) And so we're changing our church into a club Jesus. Why? Because I don't care about the method. I do not care about the method. The only thing I care about is the message. That Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. That he will not deny you any good thing. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
And so I like my grandma's church. And so you can take away my plants. You can take away that old-fashioned look that I love. But I'll tell you what you can't take away. You can't take away my grandma's faith. It was first in Lois, and now it's in me, praise God. At my grandma's church, it was amazing. At my grandma's church, they got out of wheelchairs and walked down the aisle in my grandma's church. Change the method any way you want to, but don't tell me that we can't heal the sick and save the lost and convert people and change people's lives. My faith says yea and amen. I exercise my faith. I stir up my faith. My faith is stirred up right now. There's somebody in this building that needs a miracle today. There's somebody in this building today that needs to be healed today. There's somebody today that needs to be saved. There's somebody discouraged. I told you that God is an ever-present help. He's walking up and down these aisles right now. He will in no wise harm you. He will not hurt you. Jesus has come to save. Jesus has come to heal. Jesus has come to restore. Jesus has come to comfort. Jesus has come to strengthen. Stir up the gift that is within you. Hallelujah. Every day of my life, I stir up the gift of faith. I stir up the gift of faith. Praise God. You know, Fred Price said something. I was amazed. Fred Price was so awesome Friday afternoon. Man, he was awesome. But what shocked me, I used to follow Fred a lot when I was a young preacher. Used to listen to his tapes, watch his telecast, was in service with him some. And I was amazed when he was preaching how much of the stuff that he was saying that I preach. And I was thinking, doggone it. I thought that was original with me. I got that one from Fred 30 years ago. <laughs> but one thing he said was something that I've practiced in my life. I never ask anybody to pray for me because I'm an expert at praying for myself. You've got to learn to pray for yourself. Oh, Roberts is dead and gone. What are you going to do now? Fred's 84 years old. Your pastor's on vacation. What you going to do? You've got to learn to pray for yourself. Stir up your own faith, praise God. We can't be there ever a second. But if that same spirit that dwell in Christ dwell in you, oh, does it dwell in you? Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. You know, almost all my friends, I'm 34 years old, and uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, 64 years old. I always make that mistake. But almost everybody I know, all my past friends, they have problems with their knees. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent on a racquetball court in my lifetime. When I was evangelized 12 years, and every day I played racquetball. I didn't just play a game or two. I played from about 9 o'clock to 3 or 4 o'clock every day. Every day. And wasn't any good. That's what's bad. Mike Timonello, my buddy, he just beat me like a drum. I was like a C player after all that. But the point is, man, I was just running and tearing. And so all of my friends have knee problems. And I told the doctor when they said I wasn't going to live, I said, I'm not going to live. But every morning in my life, I've got a set of stairs that I run up and down. He said, sir, you're probably not going to make it. And if you do, you'll never walk again. I said, oh, yeah, doctor. I'll run up and down those stairs. And so every morning now, I run up and down those stairs. And for the first time the other day, 
right in my kneecap. And all my friends are having knee surgeries and knee replacements. I had a pain in my knee. I said, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. This ain't going to happen to me. There ain't nobody around. I ain't doing this for nobody. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to thy word, I command this flesh to line up with the word of God. By your stripes, I was healed, past event. By your stripes, I am healed, present manifestation. I rebuked that, praise God. I got up and run up and down those steps three or four times. I hadn't had a pain in my knee since. I believe in preventive faith, praise God. Stir it up, stir it up. I see it coming. God's given me the ability to see the enemy coming around the curve. Before he ever gets there, I've got my faith stirred up. And he said, do you believe that I am? Yeah, I believe you're Jesus. I believe you're the creator, the mighty God, the savior, the baptizer, the healer. Do you believe I'm able? I know you are able and I know that you are willing. He is a willing God and that willing God is here. Praise God. And so I don't really care how you change the church. You know, we have dancers in our church. Y'all have dancers here? We have dancers in our church. And so about twice a month they dance. That's not my cup of tea. And so I said to Becky, I said, have you noticed that when people dance in our church, they just observe? It's like gospel country music. Did you ever notice that people don't worship with gospel country music? They just observe. The only thing that people truly worship with is black gospel. I've noticed that. That's the reason why we like it so much. (laughs) A lot of the other stuff is just for people's entertainment. They watch it. And so we have all of this. And she said, but you don't know how that blesses people. I said, I don't care for it. But if it's blessing the people, I love it. This ain't about me, folks. It's about us. It's about us. It's about us. I love anything in the church that is causing people to love Jesus. Anything that's getting people saved. It don't have to be my kind of dance. It don't have to be my kind of song. Some of the greatest preachers in the world their, their delivery is so diametrically opposite of mine, and yet they feed me so greatly. It's not about me. It's not about the method. It's about faith. Somebody just share with me the power of God, the availability of God. Oh, confirm that he is the same yesterday and forever. Stir it up in me. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you that you can get hung up on so many things. I've got one of our older couples in our church. And she's a sweetheart. She's older. Sits on the front seat. She said, Brother Steve, she said, I miss our church. I miss our church. I said, what you mean? She said, you know the plants, our church. Said, we're doing a lot of changing around here. And I miss it. She came back the next day. She's got the, the greatest husband in the world. She said, I want to apologize to you, Pastor. I said to Luther, I miss our church. She said, what do you miss? She said, Luther, I miss the plants. I miss the choir robes. She told Luther, he said, Dean, her name's Dean, like a man's name, Dean. He said, Dean, we don't go up there to worship choir robes. We don't go up there to worship a bunch of plants. Said, we really don't care about the choir robes or the plants. 
She said, have you ever gone to church when you didn't feel the power of God? She said, no, Luther, I haven't. He said, that's the reason why we're going to keep going. It's not about the method, folks. It's about the love of God. It's about the power of God. It's about when the devil comes in like a flood. You know, if I can just get to CLC, they're going to pray the prayer of faith. I'm going to be healed. The miracle's going to happen. My children are going to be saved. And I'm going to tell you, this is a major faith place. CLC is a major faith place. Friend, I've been doing this all of my life. I've been talking about faith for 40 years. And when I walk into the place, I, I can tell you whether it's death or whether it's life. I can tell whether it's doubt or whether it's faith. And every time I walk in, I've been in this building when you wasn't here. It was an empty building. I just come up here to see Pastor Rex and we'd walk in this building and you can just feel it. It's here. This is a faith temple. This is a faith cathedral. This is a place where people get their needs met. Hallelujah. And so I'm asking you, do you have faith in the past? Look at the shelf life on your faith. See when it expired because you need faith every day. Every day you need to get up in the morning and say, my Lord is on my side. Today God is going to do something. God's going to give me my daily bread. God's going to do something in my family. God's going to cause a miracle to come to my life. And here we are on a Sunday morning as we all stand together right now. Let's stand together and lift our hands. There is a God that is in this building. And there are people that have needs. And as your faith is, so be it unto you. All you've got to do is believe what you're hearing right now and know that God is in this house. And I don't care what your problem is. God can turn it around. God can change it. God can make a way. God can heal your body. God can save your family. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise. Give the Lord some praise. Shatandololoko sotolaba. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't get hung up on the methods. Get, get plugged in to the message of this church. That Jesus Christ is in this room every time you gather here. Things will change. Trends will come and go. We'll move into the 21st century. But the one thing we're not leaving behind, we're not leaving behind the power of the resurrection. We're not leaving the Lord God Almighty. Every generation will change, but God is ever present. He's always the same. And He's in this room right now. And I challenge you, if you've got a need in your life, you say, well, I don't have a real big need. I don't have a cancer. I don't have a bankruptcy. I don't have a big need. Do you have anything you can just practice on? Just some little something you want to practice on today. I practice so much, folks, that my faith is made perfect by my practice on small things, just little things. I practice all the time. And then when it comes in and the doctor said, you can't live. Oh, it's all right. I practice for this moment. My faith is not lost in the 80s. It's not lost in the 90s. It's not in 2005. I've got 2014 faith. And I said, yeah, doc, I'm going to get up. He said, finally, he just kept graduating it down. You'll never live. You'll never walk. You won't walk for six months. Four days later, I was walking again because I got fresh faith. I got 2014 faith. And there's some people in it right now that need to freshen your faith. If you've got a need of any kind in your life, real big or real small, why don't you come to this altar right now? Throw up your hands and let the Lord act. 
Thank you for listening to the Christian Life Austin podcast. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.